welcome to Roll With Adventure, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition podcast that transports you through the magic of imagination, from our world to the far-off world of Ibris, a land full of heroes and villains, the evil and the divine, monsters and miracles, and, of course, magic. We are delighted to bring you this adventure from our imagination to your ears. If you like what you hear, please subscribe for future episodes and follow us on social media. If you want to learn more about us and this podcast, please visit us at rollwithadventure.com. And now, let's listen as our heroes roll with adventure. Hello and welcome to Roll with Adventure. This session's campaign is of salt and blood. My name is Cass, and I'm the dungeon master for this ragtag band of heroes. Today, our journey into this tale of adventure, intrigue, secrets, and magic across the world of Ibris continues. This session begins in the morning of the 6th of Altor, in the year 1069 BR, with our party standing in the northeastern corner of the house, holding a book that a strange rat in this house has directed them towards. Now, before we dive right in, let's meet our band of heroes. To decide the order of introduction, let's roll player initiative, not character. And remember here, we roll with adventure. So, what intelligent delight or mind-numbing tale have you to share with us tonight? So, I have been doing a little bit of reading about Hedy Lamar, and she is a really interesting person. She was an actress and an inventor and a, was she a film director or film producer? I don't remember which one. Um, but she was kind of, when she joined the American film industry, she was billed as being the most beautiful woman in the world. But she was also very smart. And two interesting things that I have learned about Hedy Lamar is that one of her early films that she was in before she um, started appearing in American films was a film called Ecstasy, which is apparently one of the first non-pornographic films to portray a female orgasm. And also, she tried to invent a fizzy tablet that would carbonate your drink. And she said it tasted too much like Alka-Seltzer. So yeah, I've been learning about Heidi Lamar, and she's very interesting. And I don't know what kind of a modifier I should take for that, because I don't think any of it's, like, useful to anybody's daily life. But I'm going to take one, uh, plus one, because it, it was interesting. So there. I love that. I have another animal smell fact for everyone. There is the largest wild canid native to South America. It's called a Maine wolf. It looks like... If somebody typed in long fox into Google, it looks like somebody just stretched out a fox. They have really long, like, limbs. They're really crazy looking. I love them. And their urine smells like marijuana. Why? I don't know. No clue. But apparently at one point there was an incident at the Rotterdam Zoo where somebody thought that a guest was smoking. But in fact, it was just the main wolf exhibit. So the police went on a scavenger hunt for something that was not there. 
So, fun facts. I'm going to take a plus one because I think it's funny. I think my animal tale is not as odorous as that, but I learned that if your cat likes you enough, it will just stop where you're walking and you will trip over it. And I only learned this falling, holding a bunch of bacon on a plate. And I cooked my bacon like very well done. So as soon as it hit the floor, it shattered like glass everywhere. And I think I'm going to take a minus two because my cat is spoiled and doesn't know how to move when I walk. So minus two for me. Here, I thought that was just cats being cats. It is. There's something else. <laughs> That's funny. I wish I could have cats, but I am allergic to them and they would kill me. What about sphinxes? Can you, are you like allergic to like do the hair, hair allergy or is it like the saliva allergy or? It's the hair allergy. So you can do like a hairless little sphinxy baby. Possibly, but I, I don't know if I could like cuddle with like a hairless cat. That just seems kind of weird. You could get like a Devon Rex. I think they're kind of hypoallergenic because their their hair is more like hair than like fur. I think ragdoll cats are also hyperallergenic and they're beautiful. They are beautiful. I love ragdolls. I'm full like bald cat fan though i want a bald scary cat i'm fully on board too oh my gosh they just look like gremlins and i love them i know i know that's why i don't want one <laughs> do you guys mean a hypoallergenic or hyperallergenic well listen Cass. not all of us can be smart <laughs> we're not all petty lamar <laughs> everyone everyone add a minus one <laughs> So since I'm yammering on, I'll go with my fact, and I'm going to take a minus two for this because I watched a YouTube video uh, that was titled "If It Was Titled If James Bond's Villain Was a Gen Zer," and they made a bunch of references uh, that I didn't get. It went over my head, um, so I didn't get the joke. <laughs> uh, There's like some weird like thing where like you do something with your arm, you go she or she, some weird sound like that. I'm like, I don't know what that's for oh no me either oh no i call it the fortnite dance uh the, the the guy did like the villain did like the fortnite dance where like you do like the weird like it looks like you're about to fall on your legs or something uh but the rest of the things like i'm just like hmm, i'm getting old now because i don't get any of these references me and you both me neither i didn't really learn really anything useful um, I did learn about a new way to roll for stats in a party and pretty much, I think it was on a TikTok actually, I don't have TikTok, but I saw it somewhere where it was roll bingo where you have like everyone roll their 4d6 drop the lowest for the six stats, make like a five by five or a six by six, whatever the amount of people are in the party. And then you basically roll a D20 to see who goes first. And pretty much you can pick vertically, diagonally, horizontally, any of the combination of the numbers that everyone rolled. And it can get pretty nuts, like an 18, 18, 16, so on and so forth. So. I'll take a plus one. Let's see what you guys roll. Okay. I got a nine. Ooh, it's a 14. I have a 10. I got a four. 
I got a 17. Hello world, it's Carlos here and I play Marcus Evander, the human rogue who definitely, definitely loves chocolate. If he knew what chocolate was. Not sure yet. Hi, I'm Allie and I'm playing Maya Volta, a human cleric of Cain. My name is Josh Disco. I play Alice, the radiant Genasi druid who is a walking, talking magic mirror. Alice spent over 800 years in a mirror, and when he got out, Kalina threw him his first birthday party and got him a knife for a present. Good evening, everyone. I play Kalina Floros, who is a human fighter who is an ex-soldier from the Tauran army. And a fun fact is... Before the ghost possession dance, she had never danced her entire life. Hi, I'm Emmy. I'm playing Sylvie Antias. She's a half-elf monk, and she spent her teenage years living in a little cottage in the forest with a hedge witch. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, let's get this adventure rolling. And remember here, we roll with adventure. Our session begins as you stand in the northeastern corner room of the first floor of Caligos Manor. Before a desk, upon which, until moments ago, a book sat. One that one holds. One which you had been directed to by the strange rats with unnatural eyes. It is a moldering book. One with cracked yellow pages and a peeling cover. Of its contents, you have leafed through it only briefly, seeing mostly lists of illegible things, notations of shipments, and of events. But you have arrived at one single section of the book, a section which surprisingly has survived the test of time. The staff log. What will our party do? I don't suppose there's anything in there about somebody being buried in a wall, is there? Who's holding the book? I feel like it's me, but I don't know if it's me. Who was holding it? <laughs> I think Alice was the one that was flipping through to the end of the last session. Let me check. Oh yeah, Alice, what does it say? What does it say? Do I see any wall burial notations in the staff log? Why don't you actually go look at it? Oh, oh! It's figure number seven in the Merstwall backstory group document. What? Shut up! Oh! I didn't have that one open, I'm such a fool. Oh my goodness, this is awesome. Oh, it's all in cursive too. I saw you doing something down there right at the end of last session and I completely forgot. I forgot. Okay, I control F for wall and it's not in there thank you i don't know if that's cheating you mean maya scans the book a voice in my head has told me maya it has searched the log and there's no mention of a wall barrier <laughs> well what about our spirit friend she says kalina says she's sheathing her sword knowing that seeing there's no threat if only I could talk to that rat but it keeps running away before I could burn a spell slot <laughs> Is the book big enough that Maya could be looking over Alice's shoulder and doing a little reading? Most assuredly. Alice is not reading it, so you can just go for it. Okay, Maya is definitely skimming through, making slight humming noises. And she... Mm. 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 It's interesting. 
But, oh, I guess, I guess this is the butler's book. So, he probably wouldn't put himself in here. Looks like they went through a fair number of servants. I don't know if the butler was really demanding or... It was the owner, but... Oh, dear. Well, is there anyone we recognize or would recognize? This poor chambermaid. She accidentally swept dust into the face of the master as he ascended the stairs. What a horrible mistake to make. She got fired. She was killed? No, no, no. Like set on fire? No, no, no. Oh, no, Alice. Just, just, uh, no longer welcome to work in this house. Oh, they employed nannies, so... I wonder why they didn't finish the family portrait then. I mean, the child lived long enough for... For a nanny. Maybe the child was so ugly that the painter just didn't want to paint them. Oh, maybe, Alice. That's impossible. Babies are cute. The nanny was here for six years. She saved the child from a hornet's nest. Uh, but then she allowed the child to play unattended in the garden. What's this column? Date of termination. Date of termination. Not applicable. Offered further employment as... Here, I can't read this name. Somebody's governess. Oh, yes, and then there was a governess for uh, for a whole year. But she was reprimanded for allowing the child to play noisily outside the master's study, failing to teach the child their letters in a timely manner, and... Oh dear, feeding the child so many sweets they had a stomach ache? In mm, teaching the child improper history. And then they were let go. Improper history? What kind of history is improper? I don't know, but then... There's no record of any other governess being hired to replace them. So why does a rat want us to read this? I don't know, there must be some clues in here. Like, this thing about the nanny that shows that, that they the child lived for some time. And well, the note says, offered for their employment as Prina, Prina's governess. So maybe that's the child's name. Maybe that will help us. Whoa. The housekeeper, she worked from 961 to 990, and they let her go because she let a maid eat the good jam. That seems a bit extreme to me. Does this, I mean, I, I don't think that really Alice would be, have any awareness of like what a normal staff would be, but does this seem excessive? This seems like it would be that it would fully staff a house of this size when you go through noting that generally it appears that people were let go before they hired someone new. Okay, there is something kind of weird here. That housekeeper that was let go for letting the maid eat the jam, she was let go in 990. And some other people were let go around the same time, 987, 988. Then if you look here, at the end of the, the entries, they let everybody go. On the 16th of Narcissium, 990, the groom, the gardener, the senior housemaid, the cook. But they've 
They're not just... It's not that they couldn't afford them anymore. There's a reason for every one of them. The cook overcooked the meat, overseasoned the fish, undercooked the vegetables, drank the master's good wine, then was fired. The... the parlor maid. Reading the mistress's book in the parlor instead of working. Sleeping on the couch instead of working. Fired. Same day. All these people fired on exactly the same day. Just sounds like someone threw in a tantrum, tant temper tantrum. But then they didn't hire anyone else. Maybe we need to figure out what happened on that day. Yes, maybe that's why we needed to read the book. Now we have the child's name and a significant date in the history of the people of this house. Or maybe we should just keep the book in case we encounter any more ghosts and we can go down the list and ask them which one they are. It's a great idea. Can I have investigation checks from those that are particularly reading over the book? Oh, that, that's a nat one. Who even cares what my modifier is? You got a 14. I do still care what the modifier is. There are no critical failures or successes on skill checks. Okay, my, you said investigation, that's a four. And would you guys say that it's just the two of you that are mostly looking at the book? Or are any of the others looking over it? Sylvie's probably kind of glancing at it over Maya and Alice's shoulders. I don't know how well she could... Like, I mean, she can read it. I just don't know how closely she would be reading it. Alice is short, so you can most definitely see it over him. Kalina took, like, one look at the scribbles. It's like, nope, too fancy. Can't read that. Just started pacing around in the room. Marcus can't read. So, just gonna keep and watch. Uh, kind of confused. Recognizing some of the words. Maybe the letters a little bit, but a little bit too far from his uh, abilities right now. 17 plus, er, nope. I have a minus mo modifier to that. So, 16. So as Maya already pointed out, there are quite a few people that appear to have been let go on the same day. There also, though, appears to be a pattern of being let go on the same day across the different years. The only other detail that I will draw your attention to is that individuals who are let go of on the 16th of Nosocium are always noted to have been delivered a final reprimand. Those who are let go of on other dates are not. What do you think it means that some of them get a final reprimand and others don't? Why don't we ask? Gosh, I hope it doesn't mean that they killed them. Final reprimand is a stabbing. Oh, we're not doing that thing again, are we? Maybe we should just keep this in the back of our minds and keep investigating, we can maybe find maybe somebody else's diary or, I don't know, something else? I think that's a good idea. This is just one more piece of information in the puzzle, but I don't really know that we have enough to sit down and, and ask anybody. I think it would be better if we had a little more information and maybe even a bit of a theory. Alice tucks his handkerchief back in his pocket. Hey guys, quick question. I, I, I kind of cheated and look at the calendar, but how well would the characters know about 
uh, what's it called? Gulliming? How familiar would people normally be? Gloaming? Wow, yeah. Yeah, that one. Don't worry. The calendar is not cheating. You all have access to it, and it is for your use. The month of Gnosisium is dedicated to the divinity known as Gnosis, the Dreamer. He is venerated by the darkest month of the year, and through the festival known as the Gloaming. It is held while the full moon of Ptolemy shines down upon Ibris, providing a half-light in the darkness of Gnosisium, a twilight land and court. As it is often quite cold during this time, the gloaming is held indoors and includes nights of stories and songs sung of the fantastical to better spur the dreams of listeners when they sleep. And the sacrifice of bad staff, apparently, too. <laughs> Unlike the worship of Cain, the worship of Gnosis is not outlawed in Talren. As such, you have likely celebrated this. And it's always on the 16th of Gnosticism? Not Gnosticism? Oh my god. I don't, I don't know if that's the name of it. Nasisium? Nasisium? Cass, can you pronounce it once slowly? <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to spell the word out. No. Se. Siam. No. Sisium. No. Se. Si. Um. Okay, four syllables. It's okay. Kalina can't read. It's, it's perfect. This is like a great character moment. She could speak, though. <laughs> well. <laughs> Do I know anything solstice arcane related? Like, is that a day of significant for ceremonies or? Give me an arcana check. Oh, hey, I'm good at arcana checks, I think. Let's see if I jinx it. I jinxed it. What even is this? It's a two. That would be a nine. Alice, you can remember that Beg Hilda spoke about the importance of each solstice, and the equinoxes too. But as to their arcane meanings, you can't remember. As if the knowledge sluiced off you, like rainwater. Everyone, I feel like I have information for you, but alas, it has, um, avoided me, like rainwater. Cory, does Kalina mention about the festival? So she'll kind of go just like, isn't that a holiday? You're right, Kalina, this is a religious holiday. It's the holiday of Gnosis. It's usually celebrated indoors. People tell stories, they sing songs about fantastical things that then people can later dream about. It happens on the full moon. And I know we were joking about were sharks, but... I don't feel great about this. I'm worried about what happened to these people. I really hope they're not all buried in the wall. I wasn't joking at all. I was very serious about dangerous, transformative beasts such as a were-shark. I was really hoping you were joking. This sounds terrible. But we should keep investigating. That means we gotta figure out why they're firing people on a festival day. Like there has to be, I think you're, I think you're right that there must be some importance to that day, but if it's not the religious day, then what else could it be? I don't know. Alice, if this thing is aware, shark, is that like, is that a curse? Is there something that we could do to lift the curse? To get rid of the, I don't know, 
evil turkey influence. What do I know about lycanthropy and curses of the sort? (laughs) Therianthropy, at least in the form of modern-day media, does not exist. It's simply a fairy tale on Ebrus. They're fairy tales. They don't exist. Oh, so it can't actually be a were shark then. We'll have to think of. No, it must be. Some other reason for this date's significance. But I think. I think Sylvie's right. I think we should keep looking, see what else we can find. Light more fires in the hearths and see if we can find a shrine. Right, sounds good to me. Do we want to go back down to the basement? There's a couple of... I think there's a few doors we didn't open there, or... Let's do it. I think that's a good idea. We didn't look through the other room, the one that we looked into on the way to this one. We should probably just go through that, make sure there's no diaries or, you know, uh, anything that could be of use to us. And then I think you're right downstairs is probably a good idea so that we know we've done all this part of the house and we don't have to come back. As good as planned as any. Maya will lead the way with her fork to the the room that we've looked into but didn't stop at. The darker room that the windows are shuttered in this one. They've been drawn and fastened against the elements. This room is dusty and damp, but otherwise in good condition. There is a bed with what once was a pink bedspread, and is now mostly a decayed ruin of fabric. There's also an armoire, a chest of drawers, and a rocking chair. I'll check the armoire. Will somebody check the drawers? Let's make short work of this. If we can. Yeah, sounds good. Plina will, like, push Sylvie, be like, that sounds like up your alley. Looking through both, you will find that they are filled with various articles of clothing. You don't find any books. You don't find any letters. But the one thing that I will note is that it does look like they have already been searched through. Either that, or whoever put the clothing into these did so in a very haphazard and untidy fashion. That must be why they fired that maid. Look at how badly she folded the clothes. Maybe if we each take some of the clothing, we can use it for burning in the other fireplaces. Maya will stuff a few shirts or something in her pack. Good for starting fires later. Clean will, like, wrap a couple around her neck. She doesn't have, like, a backpack on her right now or anything like that. She didn't need to bring that. <laughs> Cass, do you say there was a rocking chair? Yes, there is a rocking chair. Alice looks at the rocking chair, remembering the childhood that he didn't have. And he will just give it a little push to make it start rocking, kind of casually. And it will continue to rock past when it should have stopped. Wow, that's a really well-made rocking chair to have that much inertia. This house is strange. Shall we go to the basement? Uh, I thought we were done touching things. 
Sorry, I just got lost uh, thinking about the childhood I didn't have. I didn't mean to. Oh, Alice. Kleena looks slightly embarrassed at their remark. Alice does not notice. Maya will put a hand on Alice's shoulder, give him a little pat and say, Come on, let's go down to the basement. So you make your way through the kitchen and head down the set of stairs, coming down into wine cellar, the basement. Under the light of Maya's fork, it is now quite easy to discern the difference between the foundations, as previously discussed and pointed out by Marcus and Alice. Off of this room, there are three doors. One to the west, one to the south directly across from the stairs, and one a bit to the east on the southern wall as well. What will you do? Didn't we check two rooms down here? Am I wrong? No, we checked some shit. I think Sylvie went through some shelves. I don't think we checked any of the rooms. Actually, Kalina opened one of the doors and Sylvie looked in the room because Kalina couldn't see anything in the room. Maya, not having been down here before, will say, does anybody have a preference which room we start with? I assume you've looked in this kind of open space. I somehow looked kind of open, but I didn't see anything in there. Uh, it was black down here until you came. Yeah, it totally was. It was very d dark. Alice like trying to empathize with Kalina. I still say it'd be nice to see in the dark. Okay, so you want to start with this big open room or do you want to start with... They're all rooms to me. Marcus, you got any ideas? Not really. I can't really think of anywhere to go. Honestly, I'm kind of... How long have we been in this house anyway? It seems like we've been in here forever. Well, we did sleep, so... You know, probably quite a while. Hopefully not a full day. Okay, let's spread out and check out this open area first. Keep your eye out for anything flammable, because there's a couple of fireplaces... Upstairs that we still haven't lit a fire in. That I think we should just kind of do a quick round of the house before we go upstairs. Well, we did go through this and this is where we got the wine that we used to, for, you know, to pour out one for Hime. Oh, oh, good. So you've already investigated this, this, uh, space. Yes, and there's a per peculiar stone on the floor it gives good messages and it is older and different than everything else here starting to think that the lighthouse is much more of the original building that was here and perhaps even the mansion and all of these extras were built around it after that makes sense with the painting that we saw i think that makes sense hmm. okay well this one door is open. Shall we start here? Maya's just gonna go in through through the doorway. She does not like being in the basement and would like to get out, so if nobody's gonna be decisive about how we handle this, she's just gonna try to power through it, because there's nothing more creepy than a dark basement. This is the room that Sylvie had entered, 
or had glanced into before. The This is the door in the western wall. Closest to the foot of the stairs, this room is small and filled with crates piled against the south and west walls. The crates are all poorly made, and some of the wood appears rotted. The crates along the south wall have even collapsed into a moldering pile. So there's no coal crates left. Some along the western wall are, but they don't they don't look good. And what does the floor in this room look like? It is the older stone. Hmm. But the walls are consistent with the newer build. Yep. I wonder where the lighthouse is. In the painting, I think it looked a bit like it was built up against the house, but I don't see it. Maybe against another wall somewhere. I've, maybe I'm turned around down here. Should we check by, like, knocking? Maybe it would be more solid because of the stone. It's true. There was that strange door from the dining room to the kitchen. Maybe there's... It couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt Alice. All right, let's get to knocking then, everyone. Everyone pick a wall. Maya will take the wall directly across from the door. I guess Clayne will take the... Let's see, this is west. Uh, oh, God, I can't do cardinal directions in my head. I'll take a... She'll take a wall. <laughs> the only wall that, from your perspective, you don't need to do is the eastern wall. And that is because that is the wall that has the door to enter this room. There is a wall to the north, a wall to the west, and a wall to the south that you don't know what they go up against. And Maya has taken the west wall. Now I feel like I should check the wall that Cass said we feel like we don't have to. Because there could be something ghostly and weird. So I will check that one. <laughs> the doorway? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the doorway wall. Alice will check the doorway wall. Can I check the floor, actually? Can I check the floor? Trapdoor, maybe? Yeah, like for a trapdoor. Alright, Clean will go for the north wall, then. Alright. Uh, Marcus? Sylvie? Come on, pile in, everyone. We'll find it eventually if it's connected to the house, right? Do we... I mean, I guess maybe there's a door that we can't see, but... Well, just after that door... And the, from the kitchen to the dining room, I don't know why you would have hidden that door, but they did. So, I mean, it couldn't hurt, couldn't hurt to check. Okay, she'll shrug and go to the southern wall. Sure, I'll do what I can to help. And Marcus will go to a wall that has not been taken. Or maybe just kind of put a hand... As if he's trying to help, but, you know, wasn't really sure what, what to do exactly. This is where I'm going to ask. Are you guys going to take the time to investigate? Or is this a quick scan over? Based on the paintings that we saw, do we have an idea of what part of the house the lighthouse should be connected to? Give me a flat D20. It's a 17. It should be the northwestern corner of the house. And that is this room, the conjunction of where Maya's and Kalina's walls are? To be honest, it should theoretically be closer to where the stairs are. Maya would say, somewhere in the northwest of the house, and I think 
you know, maybe the end of end of my wall here, and sh- and Maya will point towards the the northern end of her western wall, or maybe maybe the wall that Kalina's looking at. If not, maybe it would be by the stairs. But I don't remember seeing the white the lighthouse wall as we came down. Well, Marcus, did you see any different walls? I know you said something about the foundation and then went on that weird talk with Alice. Don't really remember weird walls. Do I? Random voice in the sky. The random voice in the sky will remind you that you really only looked at the floor, though the area by the stairs, there were a lot of barrels and boxes. So you've never actually seen the wall that's theoretically would be on the far side of the stairs. I haven't really seen much of any kind of wall, to be honest with you. Well, let's look here, seeing as we're already here. And then let's look under the stairs, because I feel like we should be able if we should be able to see it. And then if we can't see it, does that mean that there's like a secret room that's going to have the shark man's diary or I don't know something I just don't want to miss anything and we're looking for a door of some sort right yeah sounds like we're uh, looking through this right fumble 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 if you guys are going to take this as an extended period of time to actively investigate one five foot area of floor or a five foot section of wall takes a one character one minute investigation for this large area we're still going to only resolve it by a single skill check one minute for every five foot square and one minute for every five foot length of wall you guys investigate if you're focusing it only at the end that maya has pointed out that is one two three four five six seven eight minutes of investigation theoretically i think that would seem reasonable to maya she probably wouldn't want to spend more than like say 15 minutes pouring over this but eight minutes seems fine to her anyway i don't know if anybody objects two options we can designate who is searching what sections of the eight uh quadrants or segments of this and you can each make a roll one of you can make a roll per segment or you guys can elect one person from the party to make a roll and then everyone else that is doing that is investigating they can make dc12 investigation check if they succeed then the main check gets a plus two if they fail the main check will get a minus one as you hinder them in some way, shape, or form. I like the second one, and I can always take the lead of that person who investigates, because I'm not too worried about my modifier being that different. (laughs) That works for me. I like the way the second one lets all of us participate, which makes sense to me, because we're all working at it together. Yeah, we're all in this together, guys. Yeah, agree with the second one. All of the da, 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 da. and Alice is making the main roll. Okay, 
Then can I please have everyone else except Alice make an investigation check? Ooh. That is a 21. I got a 7. <laughs> oh. I also got a 7. I have a minus 1 to this, so, you know, I that was about as good as I expected. I got a plus 1. I didn't think I'd roll that bad. I rolled a 0. <sighs> 1 minus negative 1. Poor Alice. Alice, you will have a minus 1 to your roll. I'll use my lucky die. Alright, everyone blow on it. Come on, guys. Get together. All right. All right. Nat 20. Nat 20. Dirty 20. As you are going about this room, as all of you are looking, you quickly realize that the foundational stone of this room, it's very old. It's very smooth. It has clearly been shaped, but not by any tool that you know of. And where it meets the walls, the walls have clearly been built up from it. The walls, as you're going about, the eastern and western walls the eastern wall it there's seems like there's a space on the other side which does make sense because the wine cellar is on that side whereas the western wall it sounds dull as if it goes perhaps into dirt or more rock The northern wall, on the other hand, sounds strange. Perhaps there is something on the other side of that northern wall. But you can't be sure. And unfortunately, you don't have any tools to try and smash it down. So then is it is it Alice that reports this to the group, or do we all sort of come to this conclusion? You guys all sort of get this get a similar feeling of it. It's all you all get little pieces of it and pull it together, and Alice gets a bit more of it as he's going about, and he pulls that information together and then is able to disseminate it out. So there could be something behind this wall, uh, theoretically. Hmm. Uh-huh. But there seems to be no way around it. Well, I guess that's another mysterious piece of information to add to our collection. Maybe we'll find something that will help us access it later. I feel like we're just gathering, gathering things. Maybe eventually it will all come together. Right. Like a mouse being led to a trap. Oh, Alice, I hope not. I really hope not. Yeah, me too. I also hope not. Who wants to go to the next room? Yeah, yep. I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I would like to get out of the basement. So, yeah. On to the next one. Maya will march off with her fork towards whichever door is closest to the one for the room that we're just in. The room that is on the south wall, directly opposite the cellar stairs. 
opening this door, you find a room filled with furniture and trunks. The trunks are neatly stacked along the east wall of this room. The bottom row of trunks appears to have been water damaged. There's furniture piled along the southern wall. A couch and chair set that have become so damp that where the fabric has not rotted away, it sports a thick fuzz of mold. There's a... Also, there is a child-sized bed and a wooden rocking chair. And a wooden rocking horse. Does anybody think it's worth looking in the... in the trunks? Should have a quick look through? So, so this feels like a place where they, like, stowed things away, essentially? Yeah. It seems they did an awful lot to bury the memory of this child the more and more we look at things. I think it would be a good idea to see what they didn't want anyone else to. Okay, sounds good. And Maya's just going to start right in on trying to look at the trunks, starting with the whatever's the top ones. Can I look at the bed? So it is disassembled, but yes. Is there any way that like I can look under the bed? Like, do I need to lift it above my head or anything like that? <laughs> I don't know. Do you have the strength of the Goliath? Yeah, I'm a Goliath paladin now. <laughs> so looking at the bed, it's in pieces. It's been taken apart. Uh, so it is like the bed frame basically up against a wall. Is there a mattress and sheets? Not directly on the bed. I want to try to find the sheet. So I guess I will look with Maya. Is everyone else looking too? Yeah, Sylvie would definitely be helping Maya like try and sort through trunks. Yeah, how many tr trunks are there? There's about 10 trunks from the looks of it. The ones a lot, any of the ones that are on the floor af appear to be severely water damaged. Oh, okay, so Kalina would also help look through the trunks as well. So as you begin to look through the trunks, the first one that you flip open is filled with brightly colored wooden children's toys. Another one that you flip open appears to have what looks like sets of linens, bed linens. Perhaps these are the sheets for the bed. And then there are four of feet looking. I'm going to roll a d4. My assumption is that Carlos has Marcus keeping watch by the door. Is that correct, or are you helping? Marcus would be keeping watch. Which one of you would like to be four? Sylvie can be four. I'm three. Okay. Then who is one? Clean will be on one. Maya. Mm-hmm. Am I about to turn into a wear shark? You reach towards a box. Towards one of the trunks that is not water damaged. It is above where the water appears to have flowed into this room and damaged things. Though how this water damage got down here, you do not know. This trunk is locked. Hmm. Do I have a key that fits it? Would you like to try? I would love to try. Your key does not fit it. Okay. 
by carefully puts the key away for later. Anyone have anything to uh, maybe open this trunk with? It's locked. I mean, you don't lock a trunk with nothing in it, so it might be worth opening. We could try and break it open. Uh, trunks are a little harder than doors. Are they? Have you tried punching a lock on a chest? Trunk? Well, but it's water damaged, right? I think this is one of the ones that wasn't water damaged. I could burn it. <laughs> oh, no. No, let's not do that. Maybe we can find something to smash the lock with if we, if we keep looking. Maybe in the next room. Maybe we just had a stone or something. Hey, Marcus, can you pick locks? I have the ability to do that, yeah. Think you can help Maya out? I can keep watch. Sounds like a plan. DM, can I attempt to pick the lock? Do you have your thieves' tools with you? I do. Wait, before you do, I have advantage on perceiving if things are in their true form or not. These aren't mimics, right? <laughs> that thought definitely crossed my mind as well. Oh, I didn't think about that. That'd be hilarious. Would be fitting, too. So how does your thing work? It's just advantage on any illusion or something that is trying to appear in a shape that is not its original shape. So that's also with transmogific, tr no, trans, uh, transmutation. Yeah, so just just in, ge just in general, anything that's not in its original form. Like if a druid was not in its form, yeah, any anything that is, yeah. So looking at these, why don't you give me a investigation check? You don't get advantage. Oh, no. That would be a nine in total for me. You're fairly confident that these aren't going to be something that is different. Okay, all right, you can pick it. It won't bite. Why would a chest bite? Yeah, it does. It. That sounds pretty weird, but... Yes, it is weird. Okay. I will attempt to pick the lock. Said Marcus, it is a. So, like, would I add a modifier to that? Not that it really. I guess it does matter. Sorry, I'm new to roguing. Tools checks are still ability checks, but unlike skills, they aren't base game tied to a specific ability. This lets the DM determine which ability is appropriate for the check, such as a mechanically complicated lock or trap requiring intelligence while a finicky one might require dexterity. In this case, it will be a dexterity plus proficiency bonus, because you're proficient with thieves' tools, to navigate this small but finicky and uncomplicated lock. All right, so I just add my dexterity modifier. Dex modifier and then your proficiency modifier on top of that. Okay, um, that's 26 then. Pop it open, and there is a burst of activity. There's a sudden flurrying sound as thousands of moths pour out of this box. Can I immediately react with a word of radiance and that will cause all of them within uh, five feet in the area need to make a constitution saving throw? <laughs> what does this spell do? <laughs> <laughs> You'll see. Does a four pass? No, it does not. So every single one of them is going to take 1d6 of radiant damage. Let's see how much they take. I'm going to kill a bunch of bots. 
Just just give me one roll. That is five points. Oh, God. Please describe your radiance. So you guys will see um, Alice. You, you guys ever see on the porch on a really, really buggy night when, like, tons of, like, bugs just, like, fly right into, like, your zappy zapper? Not tons, but little ones. It's like that. I don't think you guys have actually seen his word of radiance because he has not had to use like a, a damage spell like this. But he kind of like does like a little squeal and like in shock and like instantly reacts with his entire body bursting out with light. Like kind of like, you know, when like a, like a skunk gets scared, it's like that, but it's bright. And all of them will immediately like erupt into like a bright flame and disintegrate. Uh, so from my own knowledge, I'm assuming that's an evocation spell. Sounds like one. Why, yes, it is. To describe what happens, as the light pours out of Alice's skin and it touches these moths, they begin to just break apart, bursting into motes of dust that is just disintegrated by the light. And there is a flash as it travels across it, but for the briefest and tiniest fraction of a moment. You thought that you saw formed amongst all of them a face. (sighs) If you can please edit in a scream. (laughs) For Alice, at least. Like, that is terrifying. Oh, Alice! Marcus! Marcus, are you okay? I really hate this house. So much. Oh, me too. I'm so sorry. All right. Don't worry. I got it, everyone. I got it. Don't worry. Alice, thank you. Thank you so much. How does that even happen? How does that happen? Was there a face? Did you all, you all saw that, right? I really hoped I didn't, but if you did too... Cass, was it a round face with dark eyes, perhaps? No, it was a face you didn't recognize, a face you've never seen before. Nope, don't know that face. Maya very cautiously peers into the box to see if there's anything in there other than creepy horror moths. Kalina kind of like, you see Kalina peek from the doorway, like she had ran to the door when the fire started, Is it done? Yeah. As you glance down into it, you see that there are various wrapped packages. But one thing does catch your eye. What I wouldn't give to have Mage Can to do so many things for me in this horrible house. It appears that there is a letter. Okay, I'll read the cursed letter. Cursed? Maya says as she pulls the letter out of the box. Oh, Alice, it's maybe, it's, prob- it's probably not cursed. I just, this house is so awful. And do you think that the moths could have been there to protect this letter from being found? Or do you think it's like, an omen of the horrible things that are in this box. I don't necessarily find moths horrible, and 
they are known to find spaces that in the darkness and especially wood that they make their home so it's not that strange but not all letters need a magic on them to be cursed there are some letters that you get that are just accursed like a letter telling you you've not been accepted to a university or a letter explaining that your family has left you with a witch and for as a bargaining chip um so it doesn't have to be a arcane curse it could be you know just a, a curse i find out why don't you open it okay so as you grab the letter and you start to pull it up you almost feel like the letter gets tugged slightly down Yes, I really hate to say this, but it feels like something pulled the letter back. I don't like it. Don't be ridiculous, Maya. There's no one there. Okay. All right. All right. You're right. I'm probably just imagining it. I'm just just imagining it. I'm just imagining it. Maya firmly pulls the letter towards her. You firmly pull the letter towards you, and you can see that the entire bottom of the box sort of shifts and moves slightly. Did everybody see that? And then the letter plinks free. Did you see it? Did you did 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 you see it? Anybody see what I saw? It. The stuff moved. The stuff in the box moved when I. Okay. Maya unfolds the letter. She looks really reluctant. Why don't you read the letter? Why don't I read the letter? Is it? Figure eight. Oh my yes. All right. Okay. Um. All right, Alice. All right. It says, Mister Yavidus Stratton, I write today with the grievest of news. I regret to inform you of the passing of your father. I know you had hoped that he would change his mind on his deathbed, but what you hoped has not come to pass. After he remarried, as you know, he became very close with his new wife's children. Personally, I believe he spent the remainder of his life hiding from the grief of the death of his first wife, your mother. He loved her more than I have ever seen a man love a woman. He doted on her, and she was his whole world. He was never the same after her death. As your father's longtime friend, it saddens me to admit this flaw in him, but I believe he pushed you aside so thoroughly because you were such a strong reminder of what he had lost. He could never see or hear of you without thinking of her. In the end, he died surrounded by his new family, and for years had not allowed a single reminder of your presence. If you wish to return home, I will do what little I can for you to find you a position here. I know you have been unhappy in your employment of late. I am sure that if my friend, your father, could have seen what he was about, could have seen past his grief over the death of your mother, he would have done things differently, and so I owe him at least to help you as much as I can in his memory. I believe he rests easy no longer burdened by the death of his true love. Faithfully, Sarpendon Eurythromos. Eurythromos. 
Eurythmios. Well, that's sad. Oh, is he in the book? Is Stratton in the book? He do be in the book. Hmm. No date on the letter. Why would his, why would a servant's letter be locked in a trunk in the basement of the house? Rich people have secrets. Secret children, it appears. No, it says that he should come home, so I think he didn't live here. Unless maybe he took the letter home with him. Why would they call it home if he didn't live here? Well, he's in the book, so he lived here for some period of time, right? Mm-hmm, but as an employee, not as a relative. Wait, so this is the master's hidden child? He had a... Is that what this is? It's, uh, what's his name's hidden child? No, Alice, I think... I think this person worked here, and his family was from somewhere else. At least that's how I read it. His father didn't want to see him anymore, he moved away, he... He worked in this house, and then he received a letter saying that his father had died, and he could finally go back to where he had originally come from. Which would be where? It doesn't say. He's one of the people that received the final... What the final, um... Oh, I don't like that. Notice? Maybe they killed him and that's why his letter's locked up? Final reckoning? Oh... He never got this letter. He might not have. Shall we see what else is in the trunk in these wrapped packages? Does anyone else want to unwrap one? So we will grab one of them. Or try, I don't know, does the chest react? Does it bite down? There are a couple packages. But as you remove one of them, you see that there is a... There must have been some kind of bag. Or perhaps a blanket along the bottom of this chest. Would you like to unwrap the package? Yeah, I'll unwrap the package. You unwrap the package, and this one that you unwrap, it appears to be a small box that had, and in it, there is a small hunting knife. And there's a note on it that says, for Kiveli Lysistrat Spiropopolis. And as you go through, perhaps unwrapping a few more, they appear to be gifts. All for different individuals. In the lockbook. Small tokens. Likely from the master to staff now all that remains is the blanket that lays at the bottom of this box someone should unwrap the blanket I don't think Maya would I think Maya's experience with the letter has been enough for her with this trunk I can I can open the blanket so what does Marcus do Marcus will take the blanket and sort of give a side glance to everyone and slowly open the blanket. As you 
begin to take a hold of this blanket. You slowly begin to pull back. Slowly attempting to pull it back. The blanket almost begins to fill out as if a form is slowly forming under it. I would, I would drop, uh, Marcus would drop with the blanket immediately when he felt that. That's perhaps one of the most unfortunate rolls I've rolled all night, and one of the most unfortunate rolls I've rolled in quite a while. What's your AC? 15. As you go to throw it back, the blanket suddenly launches itself out of the box. It launches itself out of the box, and to everyone else that is seeing this, the blanket for a brief moment almost looks like it has the image of a person inside it, or the outline of a person inside it, even though there's clearly no one there. Think of the stereotypical ghost in a in a sheet. That is what looks like it is jumping out of this box and smothering Marcus. Marcus, you are restrained, you are blind, and you are at risk of suffocating. Let everyone please roll initiative. Oh my god. I rolled a nap 20, but I have minus one, so that's a 19. I got a 22. I have a six plus one, so seven. I got a 13. Roll an 18. Okay, so it goes Kalina, then Maya, then Marcus, then Sylvie, then Alice. A blanket has lunged out of this crate, out of this box, out of this chest. Briefly taking the form as if someone was in it, before this blanket wrapped viciously around Marcus. Kalina, it is your turn. Are you kidding me? And she'll run and try and pull the thing off of Marcus. If she can, if there's any way to, like, grip it to pull it off. It just seems to wrap tighter. If you are just trying to grab at it to pull it off. Uh, all right, then she'll pull out. How big is this room? Like, how much room do we have? It's pretty small. No, it's actually quite big. It's just the fact all of you are standing over by the chests. The room is about 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. So she'll spend a few seconds trying to, like, grab and when it gets tired, she's like, okay. And then she'll, like, draw her side uh, longboard and just kind of slash at it. With both her hands. So grip it two-handed and slash down on it. Make your attack. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Does a 13 hit it? Yes. 1d10 since I did two-handed. A whopping four points of slashing damage. As you cut minorly into it, you cut both into it and into Marcus. Marcus, you will take two slashing damage as Kalina's sword connects with your skin. 
And she could definitely tell it hit him, too. Oh, yes. The blanket has begun to stain red in that spot. Shit, shit! Maya, it is your turn. Man, I'm super worried about what I'm about to do now. <laughs> but when in doubt, turn to Cain. So, Maya is going to say, Lord of Flame and Blood, rain down your righteous fury! And then from somewhere above, a torrential rain of red sparks descends upon a target, in this case, the blanket. And where each spark lands, it burns, hopefully burning only the blanket. Um, and that is Sacred Flame. So, can the blanket make a dexterity saving throw? Does a 22 pass? No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good roll. That was a great roll. I mean, I guess on the bright side, it doesn't burn Marcus for sure. So, yeah, did not work. That that That's me. That's the end of my turn. On the other hand, Marcus, as your turn begins, the blanket will begin to constrict further around you, and you will take eight bludgeoning damage. Guess I'll roll up a new character, y'all. Can I just try to break free? You can attempt to break free. So you can either do a strength athletics check or a dexterity acrobatics check. That is a natural one. So, seven. Lovely. Unfortunately, as you attempt to twist to get out of it, it just seems to almost wrap around you a bit more. You notice that as you are struggling, you're gasping for air. Because this basically jumped on you without any warning. But as it is wrapped around you, you can almost hear something. You can hear a voice. You can hear a masculine voice yelling screaming but almost as if they were behind something or locked in a room I know I'm blinded and restrained but can I speak you are at risk of suffocating so you will be running out of air and it will be muffled Marcus would with gasping breath says no, the anger blanket is yelling. Help! Hashtag anger blanket. <laughs> that was priceless. <laughs> Sylvie, you're up. Can Sylvie see any of Marcus's through where Kalina slashed at the blanket? Can she see any of Marcus? Like, could she touch him? Yes, she could touch him. She's going to do that then. She's going to use her action and spend a key point and cast Hand of Healing instead of trying to attack the blanket because I don't, I don't know what else to do. She doesn't know what else to do. So that is... Yes, key points. Key points. We love key points. Okay. Okay, so three plus three. So Marcus gets six points of healing and you see sort of a warm energy flow from Sylvie into Marcus. You quickly jab your fingers into the bloody slash, staining this blanket red, and discharge your healing energies into Marcus. But as you do, 
you think you see the blanket in the same spot almost pull off Marcus and impress into the shape of a screaming masculine face before it contorts back around Marcus with renewed vigor. Okay, well that's terrifying. I don't think I can do anything else. Alice, what will you do? What will Alice do? Alice is going to approach... You see that same flare-up of radiant energy burst from him. And I'm going to select the blanket only and do a word of radiance. I need a constitution saving throw from the blanket. So that is a six. It fails. Oh, one point of radiant damage. <laughs> so this creature does have a damage transfer ability that would transfer any amount of damage that it has dealt a portion of that to whatever it is smothering. In this case, because it is only one damage and fifth edition rounds down, no damage will be dealt to Marcus. Kalina, it's your turn. I, I don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> she's going to kind of freak out and just kind of punch the blanket, hoping that's not going to hit Marcus, but she doesn't know any better. <laughs> Actually, just do an unarmed strike against it this time. 23. That will hit. Or bludgeoning damage. Does it feel like I hit Marcus <laughs> when I do that? You definitely will connect with Marcus as well. Uh, there is a grunt or something from inside the blanket. Oh! Marcus, you will take two damage. Sorry. Maya. Maya will see where Sylvie was able to touch Marcus. Notice that the there's like a rip in this blanket and she's going to dive forward, kind of dig her hands in on either side of the, the cut that Kalina made and try to rip the blanket. Would you like a strength check? That's... That's creative. <laughs> Thank you. Give me an unarmed strike for this with an attack roll. That will be a 15. Marcus, how I am going to treat this is what Maya is doing is going to give you advantage on your attempt to escape the grapple check. Rather than the stealing damage to the thing. Because otherwise, even though you're just ripping the blanket because of how its damage transfer works, Marcus will take more damage, which is not what you're intending to do. Right, yeah, that just makes sense. That sounds great to me. The first thing before Marcus makes this, though, is he will take six bludgeoning damage as it begins, as it constricts again around him in a few places. But now please attempt your escape, and you have advantage on this roll. I literally hate my life right now. <laughs> I rolled a two and a three for a whopping eight and nine. No! <laughs> well, at least you're moving up in the world. It was a one last time. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because of blankets, I'll Bring. Suffocating me. Meant only to sleep in. Screams behind walls when I'm listening. 
as you struggle to try and free yourself from this blanket, the... It just contorts and twists, and it almost seems to be trying to pull you in some directions. And because it is grappling you and restraining you, it's going to actually pull you. It's going to pull Marcus five feet closer to the chest the blanket came out of. Now, it's not leaving any of your threat ranges for your for you guys, because you all would be... The two people that are in melee with it are right there next to him. So it's still within five feet, so you don't get any attacks of opportunity. But it is moving towards that box. Sylvie, it's your turn. Great. Seeing this thing try and yank Marcus backwards towards this box, can Sylvie beeline towards the box however far away it is? And I'm assuming she can make it since she can move fairly fast. She would like to slam the box closed and then shove it as far away. Ah, so you'd like to slam the box closed over the pristine bleached skeleton inside it, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. There is a skeleton in this box. I'm pretty sure that's new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to close it. I want to close the lid. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you slam it closed. So it is almost up against the wall anyway. It was only pulled out a little bit. Are you like going to like pick up the box and run out of the room with it? I would like to get it as far away from this blanket and Marcus as possible. Whatever way that must... What, however I can do that. You can pick up the box and... How about you make it a portion of the way out into the wine cellar? Great, sounds great. As a note, if we could light this box on fire, I don't know how, what that would do, but I just hate everything that's happening. I'm on board. We should light that box on fire. Well, it is Alice's turn now. Hello, Mr. Fire. Hello. Okay, should I just burn the box? I mean, I want to burn the skeleton inside the box. Sylvie so fully said... There's a skeleton in this box, oh my god. And also, I would really like to burn it, I hate it. Okay, so I would like to get within sight of Sylvie, and I will try to burn the box with with a produced flame. Yeah? Should I do that? If you're waiting for the rest of the party to say something, I don't know if they're going to. But from the DM perspective, there's nothing wrong with that. You're able to light objects on fire with produced flame. It's true. So Alice's hand opens, you know, like on a gas stove, that blue flame kind of just like suddenly flicks into into place there as he brings it back and hurls it at the chest that Sylvie's holding to set it on fire. Sylvie, as Alice is hurling this at the box, are you going to be like, push it into wherever the fireball is coming? Are you trying to help him hit it? Yeah, yeah, I think she would be trying to help. Mm -hmm. Then you can have advantage on this attack roll. Can I also, is there any way that I can, like, communicate to Sylvie to, like, open it, like, the dragon's jaws when you, like, throw the fireball inside of it type of thing? What are you going to yell to her? Sylvie, open it like it's a mouth. Sylvie will do her best to follow those instructions. You said we, you wanted what roll from? I actually don't need a roll from you. Alice will just have advantage. So I get to, I get to hit it with advantage? Are you kidding? One is a six, one is a nine. Okay. So that would be a 9 plus 6, which is a 15 to hit it. When you said such low numbers, I went, really? <laughs> but you have a plus 6 for your spell yeah. attack? Describe the ball of flame. 
hurl into this chest. It kind of, it is blue, but like, I don't know if that's necessarily the heat of it. it could, people can assume that, but I, I think it's, it's probably just like how his magic produces it. Cause it's like how a magnifying glass works where it's like refracted light kind of creates it like through his glass skin. So like he'll throw it and the light will shine through his hand as the flame bounds towards the chest that has had a mimic blanket inside of it and a skeleton. As this bolt of fire just hurdles towards Sylvie, Sylvie snaps the box open, a few of the bones even bouncing up slightly. And just as it goes in and there's a slight concussion, slams it closed. And there is a brief sound as it burns up all of the oxygen in that box almost instantly. And then a concussive sort of whoop as the box explodes. <laughs> it was so dry. I'm Sylvie toss it basically hurdles like herself back from this as it goes up. And there's a small tiny detonation. And as the fragments of that box fall, for those that are in the room with Marcus, Kalina and Maya, you begin to see patches of this blanket begin to burn as if they're, you know, when you take a piece of paper and you put a fire to it and it just slowly begins to peel away in, in the middle of it. It's like that. There's no actual fire on this blanket, but it is as if it is being eaten away. And Marcus, you hear a scream, a male scream that goes, no, I just want it to leave and as the blanket burns away there is a brief moment where you see almost an image of a man a man you don't recognize a younger man overlaid over top of Marcus like enwrapping around him wrestling him and then there is almost this pulling sensation this suctioning sound as this spirit no longer anchored to this blanket seems to be almost getting pulled and it almost appears that this spirit is slowly turning into water as it is being pulled back off of Marcus trying to cling to him before it finally lets go of him and it is dragged out of the door past Alice, past Box's fragments, past Sylvie, and towards the boxes and barrels at the base of the stairs before it is pulled between them and there is a sickening scream. And then silence. We did it. We freed his spirit. He must be so much happier now. We're great people. Are you okay, Marcus? Sorry for hitting you, cutting you, and punching you. I, d I was hoping the punch wouldn't actually hit you. It's all right. And I know I've, I've said this before. And I'll probably say it again. But I really, really hate this house. <laughs> Alice, that was so cool. Thanks, but Sylvie, your catching skill with a box, I mean, 
Who else can catch a flame with a box? That was skill. Well, I wasn't sure it was going to work. Maybe we should uh, uh, do our best to say some prayers over this body, laying it to rest as much as we think we can. And then I kind of want to investigate behind those barrels because... Oh, wait, did we all see that or did only Marcus see that? All of you saw it. Every one of you saw that happen. I think we need to investigate. We need to investigate back there because... I don't know why the whatever it was would get sucked over there. We freed its spirit. It's free now. I guess. Although, didn't the skeleton do the same thing? Except at the fireplace when we killed it? What skeleton? The one we thought was you. I'm not a skeleton. Oh, yeah. Did it do that? I don't... It, it's been such a day. I don't remember. It, it looked like it got dragged somewhere. Just like this spirit thing, ghost, whatever, rug, whatever that thing is. All right, let's move this stuff out of the way then and, and look. No, Maya will pitch in to move whatever needs to be moved out of. Clean it would as well. I imagine Alice like trying to pull something heavy, but like his like feet like just like skid kind of. <laughs> like when you're trying to do anything with socks on the floor. Cleena would like kind of show like, no, Alice, you need to do it like this and kind of show him how to like pull it. <laughs> Oh, Kalina, please show me with this thing right here. How do you do it with this thing? Well, you get on this side and you just... Mm-hmm. And just pull it. You know, grab it really strong. Both hands. Oh, okay. And what about this one next to it? You gotta use your legs. Sylvie, show me with this one next to it. How do I do it with this one? <laughs> yeah, I got you. You really just have to put your legs into it. Because, you know, that's where your strength comes from. Right, right. My legs. Can I use Minor Illusion to make my legs look, like, really muscular and then try to, like, pull the next one? <laughs> of course. Alice's legs suddenly hulk out. Just his legs. Only his legs. They suddenly hulk out as he attempts to pick up the next thing, which is a rather small box. But still a box. And once you guys have cleared them away, you can see that unlike any of the stonework here, there is a smooth, blackish-greenish stone, slightly curved, that goes from floor to ceiling here. Um, Can I start doing a ritual cast of Detect Magic? Sure. Wave my wand about. While Alice is doing that, Maya would go back over to whatever remains of the skeleton to say some prayers over it. Nothing. Oh, well, hard to lay that to rest. She'll pray over the dust that uh, hopefully is, maybe? <laughs> Nothing remains. <laughs> Can I use Minor Illusion to, to make the sound of a spirit just being like, Thank you, Maya, you freed me. Oh, wait, I can make this better. Thank you, Maya, you freed me from... This place, you're with your excellent prayers that I care so much about. <laughs> That's terrifying. <laughs> I want to say yes, but at the same time, I think because you're ritually casting another spell, you could of course restart ritually casting, and it, that doesn't really matter. Uh, would you like to? No, Alice wouldn't do that. 
Alice would not waste the time. Well, Maya is doing this prayer, and well, Alice is ritually casting. Would anyone like to open the last door down here? <laughs> Do we want to keep exploring the haunted house that has everything get every turn? I mean, the answer is not really, but I think eventually Sylvie would wander over and at least like crack it open and like maybe peer in. The third storage room, the door in the south wall furthest from the cellar stairs, appears to be filled with lumber, ladders, tools, and baskets. This room is chaos incarnate. It is the most disorganized place you have ever seen. Everything in here seems to have been completely thrown haphazardly into this room without any kind of care. The piles of lumber are rotted, and in various places there are different kinds of fungi growing on them, some even glowing. It appears that this room almost contains everything left over from building the house. Oh, hey, there's tools and junk in here. Maybe we can use that for something? Is Maya finished her praying? Sure. Oh, is there any, like, maybe crowbar, big hammer, anything we could use to try to break through that wall in the other room? Do I see anything like that? Why, yes, you do. Well, yeah, actually, there are. Perfect. I... I want to know what's there. I mean, I don't want to know what's there, but I also, you know, maybe it'll be a way into the lighthouse, which the... I don't know. <gasps> maybe if we light the top of the old lighthouse for Hime, that'd be a good gesture. Right. I mean, that... That'd be a weird place for a shrine. That's true, but it just said... It didn't say anything about a shrine. We just thought that right it just said seek the hearth mother's grace maybe that means like light i don't know yeah the light that guides people to safety a light of protection and well possible anyway i mean it's as good a theory as any honestly i still think it's a child mm -hmm. the lost child maya's gonna grab the biggest hammer she can find you guys grab various tools is there anyone aside from alice who won't be helping with this I take your silence as acquiescence with mine's grizzly plan. There will be some very loud noises as you guys pick away and smash at this wall. And with you guys working at it, after about ten minutes, just after Alice has finished casting his spell, you will smash a small hole into another room. It is hollow! Alice, as your spell goes off, you can almost taste that whatever is anchoring, whatever that malignant presence that is chaining souls here with some powerful necromancy magic, it's using the stone in front of you, so possibly the entire lighthouse, as a conduit. Have I heard of any other kind of stone that does this? Has Faelith's accent got to you? <laughs> to be honest, you haven't. But... It does scratch something at the back of your mind. It does. Does it? 
Yes, it does. Alice doesn't do well with stuff like that. He's always felt like his memories have been robbed of him type of thing. And especially when he like needs to know something and he can't get it out. It's very frustrating and distracting for him. So he will be pondering it like an itch he can't scratch. As you're looking at the stone, you almost think you've seen it somewhere before. Like in my dreams? To be honest, it does seem possibly like something you've seen in your dreams, but you almost feel like you've seen this exact stone, this type of stone, some 800 years ago. Oh, no. But it's maybe if you could see what the entire thing looked like, you might be able to dredge up that memory. Can I knock on the wall? Let me in kind of knock. So you knock on the wall. You know how something sounds when it's hollow? and so, Or when something sounds when it's not? How there's at least some kind of sound that comes back? You knock against it, and you can hear the sound of the knock from this side. It doesn't sound like there's anything on the other side. But I don't mean that in a it-sounds-hollow sense. There's no sound on the other side. I'm going to wait for everyone, but I have an idea. But I do want to wait to be an eye shot of everyone. So, yeah. Meanwhile, Maya's excited that this is paying off, that our all our time investigating and attacking the wall. It looks like there's actually something on the other side. So she's going to say, all right, well, we're on we're on the right track, I think. We'll just just keep. Keep what we're doing until we can see through to the other side. Simple enough for me. Can we see anything through the hole that we made in the wall? Now, how big is it? Would you like to put your face up to it? I actually think if the hole is big enough, I'm sure there's some rubble on the ground. And Maya would like to... I know she's currently cast light on the fork perpetually so we can see. But Maya would like to switch that up and cast light on a rock and put it through the hole. To help us see whatever's on the other side. Cassa, I think you're muted, or there's something. No, this is the sound of danger. This is the sound of danger. <laughs> Hurtling the rock through this hole, you see a very different type of room. It does not appear that the wall that you are digging into continues around this room. This room appears to have just been carved out from the dirt at the rock, with rough walls. Angling slightly, you can see that black-green stone continuing through the side of this room, but what looks faintly like an archway. But the archway looks like it is just stone on stone. But as you look, you begin to notice a few more details. Scratched into the walls are repeating symbols. Three lines, one crossing through them. Sometimes vertical, sometimes horizontal, sometimes it's diagonal. Sometimes the symbol is big, sometimes it is small. 
and there appears to be a section on the far side where the dirt sort of extends and protrudes out of it, almost like a portion of the wall collapsed out. And a low, reddish-brown stain seems to cover this floor. Going from the archway of stone that doesn't lead anywhere towards the wall where you are. This is really not what I was hoping to find here. I don't know what to do with this. Well, whatever it is, it's the anchor that has been keeping all of these spirits here. What do we... What do we do, Alice? Cass, I would like Alice to really set in his mind that this wall doesn't exist, and I would like to just try and walk through it. You will take two bludgeoning damage as you run headlong into it very solid stone surface that does no give whatsoever. Ah! Can it can it make the sound that, like, glass does, like, <laughs> when it hits something? Like a ceramic bowl has, like, a little ding type of noise. Yep. All right. Didn't, didn't work. All right. You're right there, Alice? Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. I'm okay. Would you guys like to continue expanding the hole? Would you like to continue looking where Alice is? Or would you like to leave the basement? Guys, we gotta go in this room. Lena would opt to keep breaking the wall. I think Maya's a bit frozen by indecision because this is... Like, we've definitely discovered something important. Maya has no idea what to do with it and just hates it, to borrow a phrase from Sylvie. She just hates it. All of it. Are you still the only one looking through? <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. Why? It's only about the size of one person to be able to really look through. Oh, okay. In that case, Maya would, seeing what she saw, she would step back, say all, all the things that she said, sound very distraught, and say, it's tied to the shark monster thing somehow and I don't know what we're meant to do. But she's left the hole in case anybody else wants to look. Well then maybe we should break it. Marcus? Sylvie? Suggestions? Let's break it. Alright. If only to kill it. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I mean if you want to keep breaking the wall I mean that's fine with me. Maybe we can stop whatever's happening here if we get through. And Kalina will try to keep making the hole bigger. What is Alice doing? I just want to confirm. I'm looking at a different wall than them. You're still in the wine cellar, and they're in one of the storage rooms off the cellar. Yeah, so after I've hit my head, I am going to be going into, like, their room. Like, oh yeah, nothing happened. Everything's fine. Can I take a look through the hole? And you still have Detect Magic active, don't you? Yes, I do. There is an almost palpable, visible miasma of necrotic magic of necromancy that is exuding from this pillar, this foundation 
if this is a lighthouse, whatever this is. But as you look through, you also begin to note that along this arch, there is almost a sort of a slight glow that seems to almost displace itself. Flickering back and forth a little bit. The way that conjuration magic does. And as you look through, that darkness, that a brief moment ago was stone through this arch, seems to almost turn pitch black. And a webbed claw slowly begins to come through, clutching one side of the arc. And another massively huge webbed claw clutches the other. As a familiar hammerhead begins to slowly exit the archway. And that is where we'll end tonight's session. Thank you for listening to Roll With Adventure, where we bring you this story from our imagination to your ears. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe for future episodes, rate us where you get your podcast, and visit us at www. .rollwithadventure.com If you'd like to contact us, you can write us at dm at rollwithadventure.com Our intro and outro music is Brave by Arcane Anthems. Thanks for the components of this episode's soundscapes, go to zapsplat.com, Purple Planet Music, and Arcane Anthems. Full credits are in the episode description. I thought I stayed pretty good with, like, culture, but nope. That's funny, because I always said, like, as a as I was growing up, I was, I was like, man, I'm not going to be as out of touch as my grandma, you know? I'm going to I'm gonna stay with it. But it's impossible. Like, you're not in the area of the culture that's evolving. So I don't know how you stay current. Contrary to you, Allie, I always knew I would be as out of touch with the world as my grandmother is. I always knew. <laughs> <laughs> You just accepted the inevitable. Uh, I, I think we have like a disadvantage, though. I think we have a disadvantage because they have like the internet, so like their trends can change on literally a daily or hourly basis. Because mm-hmm. of TikTok and just Facebook and Twitter in general. It was easier for us to keep up when we were young. We were the ones making the trends. far enough I can't hear it anymore yeah I think Alice picked it up mm-hmm. That I was like that makes sense for me because I'm the one who should be looking at it with my intelligence but I didn't remember that so, <laughs> I guess I'll answer the way that I have the end of last session noted was the parties has entered blank bedroom and currently is holding the staff logbook in hand
probably should have noted actually who it was. Yeah, I was bad too. I didn't know who. I just got rat makes a contact stamps on book. That's it. <laughs> but I think it was. Thank you. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. The rat in the book. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. This is what happens when we don't do our Friday session. We're used to our two days a week. Sorry. Okay. Ali, what did Ma- what did Amaya just say? <laughs> I mean, I don't even know if it's necessarily something Maya should have said. So if somebody else wants to say something, I'm good with it. But she asked if there were any notations about servants being buried in the walls. Are there any nobles that don't cast just from looking at this? Oh, good. Great, we keep doing we keep doing this all night. It's great. <laughs> hey, Cass, out of character question. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's you. It's so funny because it's always you two. I'm not trying. You're like quantum entangled or I don't know, something. We're quantum pairs. We can't exist on the same plane. We can. Subscribe to Roll With Adventure where our imagination meets your ears in the land of Ebris with um the divine and something the <laughs> monsters and miracles monsters and miracle Al- uh, Alice what are y'all talking about why are you so- why are you saying these words? This silence is brought to you by us. Because we don't have a sponsor. Do you have a problem with your beast tools at home? Well, go to Lowe's and they'll find all the right sponsorships you or tools you can get. In case it's a mimic, they also have... Yeah, looking for tool proficiency. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't Thanks, a mimic, it was a mimic... Blanket. <laughs> I was literally thinking, oh, we're gonna we're gonna walk across the rug and it's gonna be a rug of whatever smothering, smothering or whatever. Uh-huh. Yes, rug of, we talked about the rug of smothering the last time I remember. I honestly expect it to be like a skeleton that just popped out of nowhere. <laughs> Nobody expects the smothering blanket. <laughs> I mean I didn't. Name of the episode? Sorry. Revenge of the Anger Blanket. Or the Anger Blanket. And then if it ever shows up again, Revenge of the Anger Blanket. Oh god, we gotta fight this thing later on as like an arch enemy. Oh no! <laughs> okay, um, can... It should just keep on attacking Marcus. No! No! Oh god, come on! No! no. I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I feel like Maya pushed for this, and it was a hideous, unbelievably terrible mistake, and I am so sorry that we're all about to die. (laughs) We fucked up, didn't we? Yeah, I feel like we've done this all out of order. This is like when you do the video game backwards and you end up facing the boss monster at the beginning before you have any of the info or the tools. Yeah, that sounds about right. Me, as a human, I was like, we should go explore the whole rest of the house. But I was like, I don't think Sylvie would have that. She would be like, yeah, whatever. Maya was like, yes, we gotta explore the whole house. Let's be thorough. Let's deal with this before we move up. 
And it has it it didn't work out the way that it should have. I'm very sorry. Sorry, Kaz. Uh, you guys can always flee. You haven't broken down <laughs> this wall. That's, That's true. true. There's still a wall. How did he get through the? Maybe Alice is right. Maybe this is only somewhat a wall. Sometimes. I think running away sounds great. Don't worry. He has to be able to see there's a hole in the wall. I will take care of it. 